Hey everyone, this is Ben Chapman. Thank you for listening to Luminous Church Podcast. It's always an honor that you would take time out of your day to listen to us. We hope that you would see Jesus more clearly today and that you would also be inspired to make a difference wherever you find yourself. Enjoy today's sermon and God bless you. Good morning. Man, it's good to see you this morning. Give your neighbor a high five and say, welcome to church. We got Michael's parents from Midland, Texas here this morning. Super excited about that. Give it up for the West Texas folk. You know, I was just, uh, I was talking to our worship team before service. I was at a wedding last night of uh, a young girl who graduated our youth ministry, Allison Brown. She got married and man, we just got to celebrate with her. It was awesome. Just an incredible time. And it was a Church of Christ wedding, and all of a sudden, I felt out of place because everybody could sing better than me. If you, if you want to know why I'm in a, you know, this, this model of church is because we have a band, and it outweighs all my vocal ability, and so I can sing as loud as I want, and it's okay, and so I feel safe here, and I hope you feel safe as well. I hope you really feel like you belong to this place, um, whether you're checking out Jesus or you've been walking with him for a long time. I really hope that you feel like you belong here, and man, we're we're so excited, and and uh, I was I was um, joking around because the pastor of this of this church is in Austin, Texas, and. He kept saying naked, you know, not, um, you know, Genesis 2 and all these Bible verses, naked. And I was, I was joking around with because Chantal has been my, my linguist, you know. She's helped me in my enunciation as a communicator. And she goes, it's not naked, it's naked. And uh, I was like, wow, I, that's news to me. I never knew that. And so she would give me a hard time. And, and I just say this because my, my Midland, you know, people are here. And, and we just say naked. And that pastor up there was saying it as well the same way. And I realized, man, that's how Texans do it right there. That, they, they, they make up their own enunciation because it's the greatest country in the world, Texas. Can I get an amen? Somebody. So nonetheless, I'm going to say naked because we're on a podcast and live stream and, and we don't want to sound uneducated. So Lord help us. I'm thankful, you know, I'm thankful for Luminous Charts. I'm not going to try to make us a big announcement or off script too much, but I'm just thankful for this church. You know, just, you know, this is um, who we are. This is our fifth Christmas together as a church with our people, with our family. And there's many people I got to walk with all five years. Some of you have been joining us. Maybe just um, this is your first Christmas with us. And it's just been delightful, you know, being in this room, in this proximity, having coffee together and enjoying each other's presence uh, not presents. I haven't received any of those yet, but <laughs> presents, and and it's been really fun, and I, I just I'm really enjoying it, uh, and I just want to say I hope you're enjoying it too, because because I only enjoy it because you're here. Uh, trust me, I come up here midweek and no one's here. I don't enjoy it as much, you know. It's just not quite as delightful. It's it's better when we're together. It's better when we're under the same roof and singing carols. I'm I'm really excited next week. Um, I will really encourage our worship team to do a candlelight service. They all want to just go sit in their PJs at home and don't want to come back for a night to worship again. But I'm telling them and convincing them, no, this is going to be great. We're going to build a tradition. It's going to be awesome. We're going to do a candlelight. It's going to be amazing. You're going to invite your family. You're going to invite your grandparents, your extended family. It's going to be so great. And I just I want to encourage you because I know that we've been announcing, but I just want to encourage you that if you're in this city, 
Bring your family next Sunday night. It really will be special. It's really going to be a great time. I promise our, our team's been working really hard on it. And we're going we're gonna to sing together, and we're going to just remember what this season's all about. In fact, that's why we're in this series, Do You See What I See? Because we're, we're, we're trying to, to do a take on perspective, on perspective. What, what is the perspective that we have this Christmas in? We all have questions, right? In whatever season you may be in, you have questions. Um, some of you are asking yourself questions, and some of you are asking your spouse questions, like, why haven't you done the dishes? You know, why, you know, maybe, maybe it's questions like that. But do you see what I see is our question? And, and we're asking that question to God is the framework of the series. God, do you, do you see what I see? And from this intro video, we see three different characters. We see this woman who's sitting there at this park bench who's who's has this wedding ring on and as we talked about the first week it just really was a symbolism of maybe some loneliness that maybe you're in a season where you're just lonely this season for whatever it may be some of you could be married and still be lonely in your marriage and some of you can be lonely in your friendships some of you can be lonely wherever you may be as a as a high school student as a college student you may find some loneliness and you're just asking God this question do you, do you see what I see God that that I'm a little lonely right now and and my life has not been how I thought it should be. Do, do you see what I see? Or maybe, maybe you're like this other couple where you're just, you're having a great time. Uh, just so joyful. The season's joyful. Life's great. It's been a great 2018 for you. And it's just, it's been amazing in every way. And then, then all of a sudden you get a text message or you get some news and something happens and it changes the emotion that you had all year. It all of a sudden flips and you ask God this question, do you see what I see? Because now I, I was full of faith, but, but when you get news that hits you out of nowhere, sometimes it produces some doubt in you. Have you ever found that to be true? And I, I see that all the time, whether you're, um, no matter what life stage you're in, where, where it can hit you. I was just thinking about a couple in our first service who just um, got laid off this past week from his job. And as an angel, he didn't know this, but as he was given that testimony about offering one I'm like angel why are you giving such a long testimony about offering you know we're on time you know but then I realized the Holy Spirit was working and moving an angel and getting to minister to somebody who was in first service who lost their job and that's how the Holy Spirit works in that partnership and I, I pray that that happens for you in service today uh, whether it was at the cafe or being greeted in the parking lot or whether it's in this place or whether through this sermon, I pray at some capacity the Holy Spirit would meet you in your questions. Um, Lord, do you see what I see? Because in that question, um, God met him there because Angel was so bold to be led by the Holy Spirit to declare that this morning. So I'm just thankful. I'm thankful for the season of where we are as a church. I'm thankful for these questions. And, and I know that we have these questions of maybe doubt has hit you at some point where, where it's, you've just been shooken a little bit. A loss of job. Maybe it was a diagnosis of some illness that hit you all of a sudden. Maybe it was um, a miscarriage this year. Maybe it was something like that. And I, I just want to encourage you. I really feel like this, this series is supposed to help you and, and help see Jesus and how he's speaking into your situation. That's my prayer for you. And then you see this other woman in this video where she walks into this coffee shop and this woman could it really be any one of us where maybe your life is all put together, well-dressed, um, 
your, your hair done well, you know. Maybe you're just, everything's going well for you, and it's just amazing, and, and it's all great, and, and you've been getting one thing after another, and it's fulfilling something inside of you, and, and what you're filling up inside of you is something that keeps getting empty, where, where you have this hole or this, this void inside of you, and you just, you find yourself keep getting empty, so I got to fill up with maybe some more stuff with some more experiences, with some more things, and, and my tank will get full. And in Matthew chapter 2, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there this morning. This is what we're going to be talking about is how you can be full today, even though you may be empty. And I, I think we all have that and all can get to this place. You know, God's amazing because he's saying, do you see what I see? He's saying, let your request be made known to me. Remember how, remember how the Lord says that? He encourages us with that. Let your request be made known to me. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Like, like start making a list. And this is our list this morning. Do you see what our C is our list this morning? And we're all making lists and we all have lists and our lists look different. Some of you um, are still live at home and you gave your parents a list, a Christmas list. Some of you, some of you are, are going home because you've been doing life here. Maybe you serve in the military. You're going home and you give your parents a Christmas list of, you know, and the lists always get bigger and monetarily more, right? It's uh, you used to want, you know, something that cost a dollar and Dollar Tree was just fine. And now you want MacBooks and new cars and all this stuff. Your list just keeps growing. And it's funny because I want to talk about lists because Benson and Brielle, I love giving them presents. I just love it. It's such a joy. Really, Brandy gets them presents. I I don't. I stay at home, watch football. I'm just, I repent, deadbeat husband up here and so I'm repenting but Brandy's shopping and she likes to shop on Black Friday because Black Friday is when you get the best deals correct I mean I mean you got to fight some people you know you bring a knife maybe there's some shanking happening I don't know what's happening over there but it's crazy out there but but she likes to do it you know and she grew up in the hood so it's just like hood life go <laughs> just do it just make it happen and uh and it's so true and she wouldn't deny that um and, and she's out there, and she's shopping, and here's your budget, and she wants to maximize our budget because when you run out of your budget, you're supposed to quit spending. And so this is an encouragement for you this morning is if you ran out of your budget, don't buy anything else. Like, stop it. Don't, don't charge anything. Don't get that loan that keeps hitting your text message. Anybody get those, like, you know, geo-tracking text messages? You can have $5,000 right now. I always want to click yes, but I know what that means. So I click no, and uh, I block them. And so, so this is what's happening, and she's out there, and she's spending her money, and she's buying everything, and so she buys all the gifts, and she wrapped them all, and it's so fun and so exciting, and the kids are so excited for these gifts that they're going to get, and then all of a sudden, they run over to the gifts, and what do they do? They start shaking them, right? They start shaking them. What's in here? Well, what's going on? I'm like, stop it. Quit touching it. And, and then I go into the other room, and then I come back, and I hear, to infinity and beyond. And Benson goes, that's Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear's in there. I go, that's not Buzz Lightyear. You know, it's a, it's a disguise. Stop it. And he goes, that's Buzz Lightyear. Dad, I don't want Buzz. 
I don't want buzz, Dad. Why did you give me buzz? Why, why do I have buzz? I go, stop it. You quit. You're going to like this gift. I promise you. <laughs> and then I just started making stuff up. Like, do you have a list? Like, why did you make a list? You should have gave your list to mommy, you know? And then, and, and then you would have got what you want. He goes, I did make a list. And I gave it to mom. And buzz is not on the list. I want a chopper and I want an orange soccer ball. An orange soccer ball. That's what I want. That's on the list. I go, man, I don't really know how to help you right now. So then I begin to explain, and, and I thought it was just appropriate this morning, is, buddy, you know, sometimes you may only get one or two things on your list, and sometimes you may get nothing on your list. And I'm your dad, so quit complaining, and go to your mom, give her a hug, and love her, and when you open Buzz Lightyear, you better be excited on December 25th, otherwise, it's over. You're sleeping somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> the truth is, like, sometimes we don't get everything on our list. Sometimes we don't get anything on our list. And as we ask the question, do you see what I see, and you are creating this list. You see what I see, you're hoping that God would empathize with you and really, really help bring answers to your list that you are creating and you're having. And not that the list is bad because there's nothing wrong with Benson's list. It's beautiful, it's awesome. I mean, there is a helicopter, there's no words, there's just drawings, pictures, and we're trying to decipher, like, what does this really mean? And, and, and so, so there's nothing wrong with your list. There's nothing wrong with your list, and, and I want to tell you that, that God sees your list this morning. As you have your list, your question, God, do you see what I see? Do you see what I'm going through? Do you see my perspective? That God sees your list. He sees your list, and, and he wants to help you discover what's on that list and what that means and how he's going to come to you in the midst of your list. That's what God wants. That's what he's hoping for. And, and the, the people that we discover today in Matthew chapter 2, I imagine that they're, they're pretty good at getting what's on their list. You see, the Magi. The Magi were these people who really had everything that they wanted. They were educated. They were wealthy. They, I mean, they had, they had fancy cars, like camels. I'm sure it was like, you know, two humps, not just one, you know, because they're awesome, you know. And they had all this stuff, and they had possession, they had position, and they had power, they had everything that you could imagine, and they were kind of living the American dream, the Western dream. I mean, think about it, like, like we kind of get whatever's on our list most of the time, monetarily speaking, a house, a car, a MacBook, an iPhone, and a new iPhone's coming out, I'll just upgrade, and and they really make it easy because, you know, just sign up for the unlimited upgrade plan and we'll keep giving you an iPhone so, so you never have to, like, be without on your list. We're going to keep providing for you. And, and, and I find that in life when you can get whatever you want pretty much monetarily, you can get all these possessions that it's really easy to fill this hole of emptiness inside of you. You see, as you go through life, you may feel a little empty because of a situation or a circumstance. Something emotional has hit you. Maybe something physical has hit you. Maybe something spiritual is hitting you, and you feel a little empty right now. And, but it's really easy because 
We're just going to make chocolate chip cookies, you know, next week. And we're just going to eat them and we're going to feel good. And we were empty, but now we feel good. And, and, and then when we get tired of those chocolate chip cookies, we're going to look up the next Betty Crocker recipe and we're going to eat those and we're going to feel good. And is anybody with me? Uh, just me. Well, you put something else in place of cookies because I like cookies and <laughs> they make me full temporarily. And this is the Magi. They have, when you have everything, you can constantly feel full, but not really be full. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are not least amongst the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you, who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. He learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Here you have the Magi. They, they had everything that you could possibly want. They had all the means. They had an unlimited bank account, really. They, they were leaders in the land. They were educated. And, and here they are. They, they were um, just stargazing. Because you see, when you have all the money that you need and everything, and you, and you, you just have time. You could just look at the stars. They become astrologers because we have no need for anything else. Let's look to the stars, and maybe the stars will answer the questions that we long for and have. I mean, uh, some of us are similarly uh, like that. Maybe you're in this place, and you're, you're retired with a plethora of money, and you can look at the vacation postcard. And when you look at that, you're like, man, look. I'm going there. When are you going? I'm going tomorrow. I'm just going to follow that place because I can follow that place because I have unlimited bank account. And this is what they were doing is that when they saw the star as they were gazing and they saw a new star and they believed that that star was going to lead them to somewhere or somebody, they decided to follow the star. Pretty easily done for them. Not for us. But what I love about this is, is that we learn something from the Magi as they're searching and looking at the star, is they're looking for some answers for maybe something that was empty inside of them. You see, when maybe some physical monetary things don't work out for you and you find yourself keep getting empty, you start looking at maybe some other things. Maybe it's the stars, maybe it's faith, maybe, maybe it's some kind of experience or something like that. And, and all of us, all of us in here have a hole inside of us where we're looking to fill this hole. We're longing to fill this void that's inside of us, this thing that keeps getting empty. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says this, yet God has made everything beautiful for his own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. 
But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. Ecclesiastes talks about this whole idea that all of us long for eternity, long for something more, long to be complete, long to be whole. This is what we see in this moment. Every time I find another amount of success, then I I, I want more, more longing, right? Because I'm constantly looking to fill it. C.S. Lewis would say this about it. He would say, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And we found that to be true. And this is what the Magi knew, is that there was something greater than just their kingdom. There was something greater. There was something amazing that was worthy to go travel all these miles, over a thousand miles to go see what was going on, to see what's happening. And, and I want to let you know that, that as you're searching and as you're seeking and as you're looking for this greater hope, this answer to this void in your soul, this empty place to make it full and whole, the enemy doesn't like that. There is a real enemy who has come against you and is attacking you and coming against this to destroy your hope trying to destroy your hope. You see, as the Magi were approaching and they were hanging out with King Herod, they began to tell King Herod, we're going to look for the true king, the real king. And Herod didn't like that very much because Herod wanted to destroy their hope. The enemy doesn't want to just destroy your hope. He wants to destroy your purpose. He wants to destroy your purpose. He wants to keep you from living your purpose in how God has called you to live your purpose. This is what he's doing over and over again. He's going to destroy your purpose. And this is what Herod wanted to do with the Magi. Not only did he want to destroy the hope of what was going to be, but the purpose of why they were walking and where they were walking and what they were about to do. The enemy wants to destroy the answer to your question. Do you see what I see, God? Do you see what I see right here in this perspective? Do you see how I have a little bit of doubt? Do you see how I have loneliness? Do you see how I feel empty? Do you see all these things that are happening? Do you see how I lost my job? Do you see how I feel so alone right now in this Christmas season? Do you see that? And you're asking God a question. And and the enemy wants to destroy the answer to that question. He wants to keep you from hearing what God wants to say to your question and to your asking. Verse 9, after this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route or route, depending where you're from. For God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. And in this moment, when they see Jesus, they're very deliberate by giving Jesus three gifts. I imagine they give Mary the gifts because Jesus probably couldn't hold the gifts. But nonetheless, the first gift we see is they give him gold, gold. Gold's important because it, it, it holds up this anthem 
that we read from this brand from Hawaii, he is greater than I. He is greater than I in every way possible. He is greater than I. Gold was symbolic of the acceptance of the king. It was symbolic of, of that he truly is the king. He is, he is worthy of this. He is admired. He is admonished. He is loved. He is greater than I will ever be. This is what the gold symbolized as the magi came in and gave him the gold. And then the other thing we see is frankincense. Frankincense is just not only symbolic of that he's king, but that he's priest. You see, frankincense was this uh, anointing oil that used in priestly customs in the temple. And, and, and it was acknowledgement that Jesus was not going to be just king, but he was going to be the high priest. He was going to be the one who is to reign not only physically, but spiritually. He was the king. He is the king. Hebrews 8.1. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in heaven, that Jesus is our high priest. The third thing that we see is myrrh is given to him. And this is a strange one because this is used for, for, for death. It's used um, to, to help embalm people. It is, is used in, in a very... Um, uh, a time of mourning, a time of, of just the end. And so why myrrh? Well, I, I just conclude that I, I think these magi knew that as they were coming and they went through this town and they went to Jerusalem and they found out how Herod was and how Herod wanted to maybe destroy Jesus and to take him out. I just imagine that if he is the high king and he is the high priest, he's going to be afflicted and he's going to be persecuted and he was going to live sacrificial. You see, somebody like that was going to lay down their life for another. Somebody like that would be afflicted. So this represents just the affliction that Jesus was going to have and ultimately the death. He was going to die as a gift so that you and I may live. God doesn't just want you just doesn't want to get to you at Christmas. He doesn't want to just reach you at Christmas time. He just doesn't want to just come to you at Christmas. He wants you to know that he gets you at Christmas. He understands you. He understands where you are and what you're going through. He understands the pain because he himself was afflicted just like you were afflicted, just like you and I have these questions and these, these so such difficult circumstances. Jesus wanted you to know that he too lived this life understanding and empathizing with you and me in this moment. It's amazing. I love this because the Magi were going to where Jesus was. But it was also this moment where Jesus came to where they were. I love that. It's such a great picture of Christmas. Well, as we sing Emmanuel this morning, that, that we're going to where Jesus is. We're going to follow the star. We're coming to church. We're rallying around Jesus. We're rallying around who he is. But Jesus came to where you were came to where we were. He came from heaven to earth to be with us, Emmanuel, God with us, that, that we don't just go to Jesus, but Jesus comes to you. And in your questions, you're not just coming to Jesus, but that Jesus is coming to you in this moment. This is what is happening, and we find out that, that in this moment, the Magi have a choice. What king would they serve? 
What king would they serve? They, they could serve two kings. They could serve an earthly king. They can go back to Herod. They could tell him what, what has happened. They could, they could tell him where Jesus was. They could serve their own kingdom of their own self-interest and their own wants and desires. And they could keep making cookies to fill their hole of emptiness. They can keep putting the band-aid on of their own kingdom. But that, that kingdom doesn't satisfy because when they saw Jesus and who he was, they bowed down and they worshiped him, realizing, I'm going to serve that king. Not this king. I think God asked the same question of us. What king are you going to serve? Are you going to serve Jesus? Or will you serve you? And your desires. And what you have. In this moment, there's a king that keeps you empty. And there's a king that makes you full. What kingdom will you serve? What king will you serve? Do you realize that God is leaning into you? In your questions, God is leaning into you. In your, in your searching, God is leaning into you. He's constantly leaning into you. And have you ever hated like going on a date with somebody who maybe um, didn't like you as much and you were leaning into them? You know, you were, you were coming over to the parrot on the other side of the shoulder and you were hoping that they would just stay there. But for some reason, they have a cold shoulder and they're leaning away from you and you're leaning into them. Is there no worse feeling? I mean, when you're dating somebody and that happens. And I just want to let you know, everybody who's single in here, you think marriage is going to fix it? You think, man, one day I'm going to get married and there will never longer be a cold shoulder. It will always be warm. And when I lean into them, they're going to lean into me until you don't do the dishes or clean the room or vacuum or do the bills. And then all of a sudden, that shoulder has never been so frozen in your life. It takes a long time to thaw that thing. You're just like... Praying, Lord, please, thaw it. <laughs> and I think this is what we do with God oftentimes is, is God is leaning into us. And for whatever reason, in our doubt, in our loneliness, in, in our emptiness, we're just throwing up a cold shoulder where we're asking, God, do you see what I see? But you're saying it not in an empathetic way or not in a way to be comforted, but in a way of, I got a cold shoulder, God, right now. Do you see what I see? I'm kind of doubting you, God, right now. Oh, no, no, don't come over here. Don't you try that on me, Jesus. You know, like you start, you start saying this stuff and you start, you start getting a cold shoulder, God, but I just want to encourage you. If I could encourage you with anything today is that you would start warming up your shoulder and that with your questions, you would lean into God and you would not put it in a way that, that, that God, I'm smiting you. God, this is what I'm going through. God, I'm going to hold my ground right here. But you're leaning in. God, I'm doubting right now. I'm lonely right now. I'm empty right now. But I want you, Jesus. I want more of you, Jesus. I'm leaning into you. And just like James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. What it's really saying is God's always drawing near to you. God's always there. He's been waiting for you. Luke 15 shows us the model of that as the father's on the porch. He's always looking for his son. He's always looking for his daughter. He's always there wanting to hold you and embrace you and love you. And he's saying, bro, just draw near to me. Girl, just draw near to me. Just draw near to me. And I'm right here. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to love you. When you're doubting, I'm going to hold your doubt. When you're empty, I'm just going to 
I'm gonna fill you up. When you're lonely, I'm gonna be present. You don't have to be lonely. I'm gonna be right there with you, beside you. This is who Jesus is. And this is why the Magi bowed down. Because they may have been empty, but they were leaving full. They were leaving full, and I just encourage you this morning that you would leave full this morning. We, we lean into Jesus with our gifts, with our time, with our talent, with our treasure. We lean into Jesus. And yesterday, some of us got to lean into Jesus. We went down to Christian Assistant Ministry, and we used our gifts and our talent and our time and our treasure, and we laid it down just to, just to love people the way Jesus loves them. You know, and some of us were empty, and some of us had doubt, and some of us were lonely, but we all came, and we just said, even in my questions, I'm coming, and I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to use these gifts, and I realize when I bow down to Jesus, and I start using my gifts, and start serving him, and start loving him, I find myself leaving full, and we left full yesterday. And I just want to show a quick clip of what happened yesterday. time yesterday just serving downtown and just sorting clothes and giving clothes and loving people and and I just you know we just we laid down our gifts we laid down our talents gold frankincense and myrrh were just laid down saying Jesus is king and he wants to rule and love these people so well he loves them and he adores them this is what he does. This is who he is. And this is what he wants of us. How do I know Jesus wants us to do that? Because Jesus himself did that. In Matthew 20, 28. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And he came. And although the Magi were bowing down, it would be Jesus that would be bowing down later. He would be laying down his life. Not in worship of us, but so that we could worship the Father. So that we could worship the Father, I'm going to lay down my life and give my life and give my time and give my talent and give my treasure. I'm going to give it all. I'm going to, I'm going to use this gold and this frankincense and this myrrh. I'm going to use it all so that people may know that my Father loves them. And he wants to come to exactly where they are. We all have lists, don't we? Some of us physical, some of us emotional, some of us spiritual. But I want to encourage you that the, the, on our list, whatever it is, 
God wants to give to you, but the thing that he wants to give to you the most is himself and point you to the giver of all gifts. That's the point this Christmas. Would you stand with me this morning as I pray for you? Father, I just thank you for Luminous Church this morning. I thank you for every man, woman, child in this place. Father God, you're so worthy. And God, we thank you that, Lord, we get to ask hard questions. Lord Jesus, I pray that we never stop asking hard questions and questions of transparency and questions of honesty. But Lord, I just pray, God, in our questions, we would not be hard, but we would be soft. In our questions, we would not stand, but we would bow. And in our questions, Jesus, you would fill us up and we would leave full from your presence full, completely full with joy. God, thank you for this Christmas season. Wherever people are, meet them right there, Holy Spirit. Amen.